Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute study each year, each day from God's Word. Seven days a week gets us into God's Word every single day, and that helps keep us in touch in our relationship with God. It helps keep us focused on our souls and our salvation and eternity. But, you know, it also helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Now, we encourage you always share these short studies with everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven, and that will be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. Now, you can share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing today with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Again, you may help somebody turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven. Start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Now, this is a perplexing question for mankind, basically, generally. We wonder sometimes, why, why did that happen? I can't tell you how many funerals I have spoken at over the decades of my ministry. I have often posed that very scenario. We look at a loved one who has passed and we say, why? Why did that happen? Why did that happen to that individual? Why did that happen in that way? Why did it happen at this time? But we look at all kinds of other scenarios and we ask basically the same question. Why, why did that have to happen? Why did that happen to that person? Or why did it happen to me? I'm trying to live a good life. Or that's a good person over there. Or those are good people. Why did that happen to them? And so some people, they blame God for letting bad things happen to supposedly good people. In some cases, people blame God for making those bad things happen to good people. Well, all kinds of situations we would look at and say those are bad. We're talking about illness, injury, pain, suffering, maybe chronic suffering. We talk about drought, famine, natural disasters. We talk about handicaps, mental illness. We talk about wars, death, violence, terrorism, murder, theft, evil, inhumanity, the list goes on and on. We say, why? Why does God let those bad things happen to even good people? Well, in the first part of this study, we said the bottom line answer is sin. Because sin prevails in this world, the consequences of sin are bad. They're evil. And so, even on people, in some cases, who are trying to live good lives, even godly lives, even trying to, to live their lives by the teachings of God's word on a consistent basis, there's a spillover effect. There's bad things that happen. Physical death is a reality of sin, going all the way back to the garden. As long as that first man and that first woman were living faithfully before God, obediently before him, they continued to eat of the fruit of the tree of life, and as long as they did that, they could live forever. But when they became sinners, God removed them from access to that tree, and de physical death became a reality. The second section, we talked about our skewed 
understanding of goodness within humanity. We look at a lot of people who are not necessarily good from God's, in God's eyes. They're not living faithfully before God. They're not dedicated to him. Oh, they would say in most cases they believe in God, but they don't live a life before, for God. They don't live their life dedicated to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, in many cases, they have never come to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus. They've never repented of their sins truly, and been baptized for the remission of their sins, Acts 2 and verse 38. They don't go to any church service, hardly ever, maybe once or twice a year, Easter, Christmas Eve, if that, but that may not even be consistent in their lives. They're not committed to God, and yet we look at them, and they look at themselves, and we say, good people. Well, not necessarily. We need to understand true goodness from God's perspective. He is the basic standard of goodness. God is good, truly good all the time. And unless we're living godly lives, then we're not living good lives in the ultimate sense. In this section, we're looking at some factors. And we're not going to cover all the factors, but we're going to give you some ideas, some examples. Factors that contribute to bad things happening, even to supposedly good people. And we could even say even to genuinely good people. So he said, first, sometimes even good people make poor choices. They just make mistakes. They make bad decisions that lead to bad consequences. James talked about how before we make a decision, a life decision, we need to bring God into the equation. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. We need to bring God into the equation. We need to ask him for his will, his guidance, his wisdom. When we don't, then we're acting as though, hey, <laughs> it's all within my power. I'm all powerful. I'm all authoritative. And James says that's arrogant and really boasting. And he says all such boasting is evil. And to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin, verse 17. We also looked at James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. We talked about how we get sick or we get injured. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is is, is one of, perhaps one of the most powerful blessings for the true Christian. We can carry our need to the throne room in heaven. But do we do that? Do we reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ and say, I'm sick, or I'm injured, or I'm recovering from surgery, or I'm about to go into surgery. Please, please pray for me. Do we do that? Do we look to the leaders within the church and ask them to come and pray with us? When we find ourselves having, well, slipped into sinfulness, maybe without realizing it, or maybe we did realize it, but for whatever reason, we just made that decision to do it anyway. Well, do we recognize our sin and then repent of it and ask God's forgiveness? And even in, when it's appropriate, ask for other people to pray for us for forgiveness, our brothers and sisters in Christ? Do we ask people to pray for our spiritual strength? 
and to help us to always live by God's will. You see, sometimes we just try to do it on our own and we make bad decisions. We find ourselves in bad situations and there are bad consequences that result. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I want us to look at verses 1 through 3. Here the Apostle Paul wrote, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, now understand, Paul was an Israelite. He could trace his bloodline way back. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Now, he was an Israelite, but he was a dedicated Christian who was also an Israelite. He was Jewish by birth, but he was a Christian. He was a Jew who had become a Christian because he knew that was God's will. That was the the natural consequence of God sending Jesus into the world as the Savior so that he could call all to him and they could become his followers, Christians. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, Paul writes, but not according to knowledge. For their being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Again, Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Many people act out of zeal, but without knowledge. You've probably seen that in the lives of some people. Maybe you've done that yourself on a given occasion. You got excited about something, you jumped into it, and then you realized, boy, did I make a mistake. People do that in relationships. But sometimes they will make pretty serious life decisions without really researching or trying to learn if that decision, you know, doing some studying, talking to some other people, praying to God about it and see, is this really a wise choice for me to make right now? Many people act out of zeal, but without knowledge. Paul was saying, oh, my fellow Jews, my fellow Israelites, so many of them are zealous for God, but they don't know God's real will in completeness. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They're ignorance of God's righteousness, and they're trying to establish their own standard of righteousness, and that will not work in God's eyes. When their carelessness results in tragedy, well, people are crestfallen and they wonder why, why bad things happen. But you see, they acted out of zeal, but without the proper governing knowledge to move forward in that zeal effectively. Sometimes zeal needs to be tempered and we need to say, whoa, Uh, that's not the best thing for me to do. So sometimes poor choices and poor decisions lead to bad consequences that result in bad things happening, even in some cases to good, truly good and godly people. 
We need to keep our guard up. We need to keep our prayer line to the throne room in heaven open and buzzing all the time. We'll look a little bit more further, a little bit more next time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. and We thank you for promising to be there with us and for us and to see us through whatever might confront us in life. We thank you for promising that you will give us your wisdom and guidance when we're facing any kind of serious decision or any decision in our life. Help us to turn to you. Help us to always ask for your wisdom and guidance, Father, and help us to have a submissive heart to let your will be our will. Help people see all over the world that this is the best way for them. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.